This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's awards season in the film and TV industry. And one movie that's been getting a whole bunch of buzz is American fiction. Some critics are saying the film may be the best picture of 2023. The book, the film, is based on the book Erasure and stars Jeffrey Wright. Before I welcome in Michael McNeely for his review, here's a clip from American Fiction. In a bookstore. Excuse me, uh, Ned, do you have any books by the writer Thelonious Ellison? Ned uses a tablet to check. Yeah, uh, this way. He leads the customer through the shelves. Here you go. They stop before the African-American yeah. studies section. Wait a minute, why, why are these books here? I'm not sure. I would imagine that this author, Ellison, is black. That's me, Ellison. Yeah, he is me, and he and I are black. Oh, bingo. No, no bingo, Ned. These books have nothing to do with African-American studies. They're just literature. The, the blackest thing about this one is the ink. He taps one titled The Haas Conundrum. I don't decide what sections the books go in, and no one here does. That's how chain stores work. Right, Ned. You don't make the rules. Ned shakes his head. Moments later, Ellison carries his books. I'm just gonna put them back after you leave. Don't you dare, Ned. Do not you dare. Entertainment critic Michael McNeely has thoughts on the film. Michael is right next to me in beautiful Studio 7 here at AMI HQ, alongside his intervener, Jillian. Hey, good morning, Michael. Good morning. I have to say, I left that clip. I always look forward to seeing what our colleagues put together for these clips, and I'm I'm very happy they managed to get the whole joke in there. Yeah, it's, I, it, that clip really struck me this morning uh, as well when I was uh, watching it, just to get a feel for the movie. It's one that has been garnering some buzz, but I'll confess, Michael, I have a tendency not to watch too many movie trailers, and I actually don't know what this movie's about at all. So what's the premise? Well, it's a little bit of a complicated one, but the story is about Theo, and he is played by Jeffrey Wright. If you've seen him in the clip, um, he is a medium successful author. I think he gets by to make enough of a living for himself, but he's still having some challenges paying the bills for his alien mother. Um, so what happens is, ultimately, he tries to play a joke. Because he's black, he decides to write a book in a stereotypical style, because he wants to impress upon other people that the stereotypical style is inappropriate, and it's just catering to white people. However, the joke backfires spectacularly, and he ends up making lots and lots of money. So the issue, then, is whether or not he can live with himself selling out—I put that in quotation marks—selling out to the white mm -hmm. people, or— does he have to come out and um, be authentic? Right. When when your satire goes wrong and people take your satire in utter earnesty and having to deal with that as an artist, what are some of the themes or messages that you pulled out of American fiction? I think you just nailed one of them. It's the difficulty of satire. It's 
You have a joke. You want to show other people your joke, but they just don't get it. Um, I think it's important to mention that Jeffrey Wright is a light-skinned black man, so he deals with various aspects of colorism. Um, a lot of people may think that he's not black enough. Well, a lot of people may think that he's too white, which is some of the challenges that he faces in the book that I've read, the book that this is based on. Anyway, sure. Last discussion about it in the film, but I think people would get that if they have an understanding of issues. Um, I think one of the one of the important aspects of the story is representation. So you can have stereotypical representation, but just because something is a stereotype doesn't mean it didn't happen. It did happen for some people, like we talked about um, Push by Sapphire. That's a that's a story that's grounded in some reality. Even though people may make that into a stereotype, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So I think that's one of the issues that is sort of under the surface in the story, because when he makes the satire, he's making fun of black communities and the way of talking. But they are black communities, and there are that way of talking. So what is he trying to do? Mm. Um, and ultimately, it's a story, I felt, it's 25 percent satire and 75 percent um, family drama. But I think you're going to ask me more about that. Well, I, I, I'm going to hold off on the family drama component for a second, because satire as a form of comedy is difficult to do. Oh, yes. whether, whether or not uh, you start dealing with the way people perceive the satire, just in general, satire is a difficult way to make people laugh. But when it works, oh my gosh, does it work. How did the film balance its comedic intentions with some pretty important themes that you were just talking about, right? Racism, colorism, and the way in which a community accepts or doesn't accept you. How did it balance the comedic element with some pretty serious themes? Well, I thought that's the one thing you didn't want to talk about with this question, which is the family drama, because it's interesting, right? It's like a children who is... Because what you have is you have the satire. People are like, ha, 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 this is funny, this is good you know, offend some people. But this person is a family man, and we're actually getting the representation we need from him, from his family. So he has to take care of his alien mother. And spoiler alert, Tracy Ellis Ross doesn't last very long in this movie for a good reason, so he has to deal with that. Uh, that's his sister. And it's just... A story about, to me, it's a story about a man who's been hard-pressed to do good by his family, and the satire comes in when he's doing work. So it's like a family movie where the man goes to work. That's the satire, the work aspect. Mm. But it makes sense to me, because that is his work. So he balances the work with his home. The home, there's no satire in there whatsoever. Okay. It's serious. We're not making fun of Alzheimer's. We're not making fun of losing your sister. We're not doing any of that. So that is why I have mad respect for this film. But I also have challenges with the way this film has been marketed, because it doesn't lean into the family aspect. Oh, it's like, bam, we're right. surprised right. with heartfelt drama. Wow. But so, to me, when I'm going to talk about this movie for the rest of my life, I'm not going to call it a satire. I'm just going to say it's a family drama that has some satirical elements okay. when you talk about his workplace. You know, th what you're describing is a tightrope act, right? Like, for, for, from a creative point of view, that is a tightrope act to try and tell that serious story and still make 
people laugh or still hit those satirical notes. I kind of get the impression this film really made an impression on you in a positive way. Yes, I think a lot of films in 2023 have done a lot of tightwire ads or tightrope ads. Um, I think this film made an impression to me because, one, it's a unique story, and two, I've had a grandmother who had Alzheimer's, and so I had some feelings about that, and yeah. I also just loved that Tracy Ellis Ross can add something to this movie even if she's there for five minutes. And it also, it's, it's a truth where you're taking care of an older relative, but then you have a younger relative that dies first. So what do you do? You know, basically, your whole world is shaken up because you were all focused towards the older relative, but the younger relative is the one that needed the most care, but you mm. didn't know it at the time. Mm. And so your entire system is starting to fall apart in the way that you wanted to do things has fallen apart. Also, you know, we have jobs, we pay the bills, we have—we sometimes have to give up our principles to pay the bills. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting part about American fiction is how many fiction writers have had to give up their principles, because they could write a story about our great-grandmother going across Europe, because that's an interesting story that means a lot to us. But then the agent might say, I just want an action book from you. <laughs> I want—I want the next—what is that? Chuck, we sure I want that. I right, want something right. more. Bam, bam, bam. Can you give that to me on my desk by next Friday? And we'll, we'll worry about your grandmother another day. Yeah, or, so or give me another Twilight or another Hunger Games. Yes, or give, exactly. me, give me some, one of these like uh, young adults, like teen fiction books. And yeah. I, mean, I mean, to your point, it's Fifty Shades of Grey started off as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. So look at that person, that person's raking in the money. So, yeah. Yeah, any, any mention of Fifty Shades of Grey means that I have to tell the story that when I wanted to uh, name the show, I did not vote for Now with Dave Brown. I wanted to call the show <laughs> Fifty Shades of Dave, and I was shouted down in the meeting. So, yeah, even, uh, even powerful television hosts uh, don't have as much power as they think they do. Uh, Michael, I want to ask you about the book here as well, because you mentioned that you read the book. Don't go too long on this, but how did the movie adapt the book well, and where did it fall short? Your question. So, interestingly, Erasure told me because it has the book within the book that he wrote. So, he wrote, what is it called? Um, oh, I can't even remember the name. But, uh, My Pathology, which is, he gives the entire thing, he writes the entire novel within the novel. So I was hoping for something like that in the movie. I didn't know exactly how I would want it to be. I wanted it maybe to have a movie within a movie. And so I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't make us uncomfortable enough like the book within the book did, because it made you sit there and it made you read it. It's like 100 pages within a 200-page book. Wow. And so I wanted something that was that substantial. Like, you know, if we're talking a two-hour movie, and one-hour movie within the movie. Because, frankly, this is the stuff that makes people uncomfortable, but I understand the movie had other aims, and I, I don't mind those aims. Um, the other thing that I may comment on is that, again, with Tracy Ellis Ross, she was supposed to play an abortion doctor, but they didn't mention that she performed abortions in the movie, which, again, I think is catering to the audience a little bit too much. Yeah. Because um, I think we can, we can handle that now, and we shouldn't be afraid of losing people. Just because I can't do practices abortions. 
Michael, got to be quick on this one, but the film has garnered quite a bit of critical acclaim, maybe even a little bit of awards buzz. It hasn't necessarily picked up wins. It has got some nominations. Do you think this is one of those movies that over the course of the next, let's call it month and a half in the lead up to the Oscars, might have a shot at Best Picture? It's an interesting question. I think it's also like May, December. That it did a, they both did a terrible bet, and they both went against the conventions of the journals. So it's up to the Academy whether or not they can understand that play with John Rowe or not. Um, and the marketing, I'm afraid, is going to be used against it, because really they should have marketed this movie as a family drama, starting right, with a right. family drama. Because, yes, they've got the Oscars, they've got the Oscar performances in there, they've got queuing for someone with dementia, they've got family dynamics. That's what the Oscars love. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they love the publishing industry satire as much because we don't really talk about that very often. Mm -hmm. Michael, thank you for this. Thank you for the review. Have a lovely day. Talk to you next week. You too. See you soon. That is entertainment critic Michael McNeely with a review of American fiction. You can find it in select theaters. Just a note that it is rated R. Next week, Michael will review Poor Things starring Emma Stone. There you go, Emma Stone, keeping busy. Coming up next. How would you rate your cooking skills? Alex Smythe poses this question in a roundtable chat with Nazreen Abdel-Majid and Ramya Amuthan, and I have thoughts here as well. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.